are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only with it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. I am your host, as always, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill MBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing Piston articles. You can also, like I've told you guys at the beginning of every episode so far, I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 season, so that kind of makes me a big deal. So today was supposed to be Mailbag Wednesday, and I failed again and accidentally forgot to tell you guys about it uh, ahead of time. I believe I told you guys about 10 o'clock on Twitter and said, okay, you know, if I get enough questions, we'll talk, we'll, we'll do the mailbag. But we didn't get very many questions. We got some questions, but not very many, which is fine, actually, because there was a topic I wanted to talk about before we got into the mailbag. So first, we're going to talk, talk about this topic I wanted to talk about, and then hopefully the final two segments can cover the mailbag. And if any more questions come as I'm recording, we can answer those ones, too. So first, I want to talk about this topic that's been going on with Pistons Twitter uh, I, I got deep into some arguments about it today, uh, really active on there. So uh, follow me at Kuka Hill NBA if you haven't already. But I, a lot of Pistons fans were just unhappy that the Pistons won this last game against the Atlanta Hawks. And a lot of it was stemming from the fact, that obviously, you want some losses, you want to fall in the standings, you want to go higher in the draft lottery so you can have better chances at getting the top prospect that you want and you don't have to worry about falling as far as far down in the lottery when that time comes. So while I understand all of that, I would, like I've told you guys before, I, I would have to question uh, my life status is on the line depending on what the Pistons draft lottery fate is. I've said that to you guys already multiple times. I don't know. If the Pistons fall in the draft lottery after the season I've had to watch, I just don't know if I can do it. I, I, I don't know. I, I I can't do another season of this, man. And I, I just, oh, God. So I get it. I, I don't want the Pistons to fall either. However, I just don't know what exactly you expect, fans expect from the Pistons or expect from Dwayne Casey, expect from Troy Weaver. And you guys, like I've told you guys many times before, I'm not afraid to criticize Dwayne Casey. I'm not afraid to criticize the Pistons. But for this this specifically, I just don't see what exactly – fans want from them so my first the first point I'm going to make so the fans want the Pistons to lose they want them to sit some starters they want to sit some vets so we can go straight into losing games they play the young guys lose games etc etc so the first point proving that they are actually doing this and it just hasn't mattered is so for example Jeremy Grant starting on April 8th he missed the game against Sacramento on April 8th they won that game he sat at the next two games against Portland LC uh at, and the Clippers, they lost both those games good. Then he sat out again against OKC. They won that game. He sat out again against Cleveland. They still won that game. So it's like they are benching. They they have DMP Jeremy Grant, gave him some rest days, and the Pistons have just won anyways. So I just like like I said, I don't know what you expect them to do if their young guys are going to pull off victories, and and when they're DNPing Jeremy Grant, 
I just don't know. Like, there's not much else they can do about it. They can't just go out there and tell the players not to try. Like, I, it is what it is. Uh, secondly, against the Atlanta, Atlanta game specifically, against the Hawks, uh, the Pistons won that game behind their young players. So Wayne Ellington only played, I believe, about 22 minutes, same as Corey Joseph. Jeremy Grant didn't even crack 30 minutes. Mason Plumlee, I believe, played 21 minutes. And Isaiah Stewart played 27. So Isaiah Stewart outplayed uh, Mason Plumlee in minutes. Killian Hayes. So let, let me let me start over. The closing lineup in that fourth quarter. Forget everything else I said. The closing lineup in that fourth quarter was Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, Sekou, and Isaiah Stewart. That was the closing lineup in that fourth quarter. The Pistons had a seven-point lead at the beginning of that quarter. They ended up winning by more than double digits, and they actually extended that lead to, I believe, as high as 16 points. So I just don't know. It, that that was not the Pistons going out of the way to try to win with their vets. Dwayne Casey openly kept his young guys out there to let them win or lose, but get their experience and, and play, play a lot of minutes. And they just happened to win. And I, there's nothing you can say about that. Like I said, Mason Plumlee only played 21 minutes. Isaiah Stewart outplayed him by six minutes. Jeremy Grant David cracked 30 minutes. Corey Joseph and Wayne Ellington only had 20 minutes. The young guys played the majority of that basketball game, and they won anyways. So instead of fans being upset about this, which, like I said, I understand the need or the want to fall in the standings and to rise in the draft lottery. I get it. Like I said, I, I do not know if what I'm going to do if the Pistons were to fall in the lottery. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do if it happens. But I, there's nothing – you can't say anything to – like what do you expect Tory Reaver to do? Like he can't just flat out DMP every veteran on the team. You can't, you can't do that. I know a lot of you guys think it's that easy. You just can't. You can't upset a whole locker room like that by sending a clear message that you're tanking. You can't, you can't piss off a locker room. That's one thing I learned while being credentialed. And I was told this by multiple guys there that were credentialed that I was learning under. That's some things that fans just don't seem to comprehend. Now, I understand what fans are wanting, but you have to understand that the coach cannot piss off the entire locker room just to appease fans. It's not going to happen. He can't go out there and piss off Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, uh, 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 Corey Joseph. He can't piss off the entire locker room, just the bench players. And also, what kind of message do you think that sends the young guys? Like, hey, uh, we think you guys suck. We're going to purposely try to lose. We're going to bench all these guys to go out there and lose games. Like, you can't just you can't do that. You just can't. I'm sorry. Secondly, they're doing the best close, the next best closest thing, I'm sorry, which is cut their minutes. And they have. They've cut their minutes severely. Like I just pointed out, Mason Plumlee got outplayed by Isaiah Stewart. Jimmy Grant didn't even crack 30 minutes in this past game. So I just don't know what is expected of Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver. They're doing the best they can, honestly. And like I said, I am not afraid to criticize these guys. But they're doing the best they can with this situation. Like, I don't know what else you expect them to do. It's not their fault the Hawks went out there and, and, and crapped the bed. Like, the Hawks went out there and played piss poor. For like the first three quarters of that game, I felt like I was watching a game of the going to work Pistons because the score was like sixty to sixty at the end of three or something. It was it was insane, insanely low scoring. I thought I was watching a, a a going to work game. Like it's not the Pistons' fault. Atlanta just didn't want to show up. Like they played awful, and, and and once again, that's not on the Pistons. So I know that fans are upset. They're calling this like a unnecessary win. But lastly, to end this segment. It's not a necessary win, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you why. Because it was led by your young guys. There's ways you can look at You can look at it negatively and say the Pistons are not falling in the standings. They're not rising the lottery. Where This is unnecessary. This is stupid. Or 
you can look at it as the fact that the Pistons' young guys are better than we thought they were. The Pistons' young guys are getting better quicker than we thought they would. And they're winning games by them, like leading the charge. That's a good thing to have for your young guys. The issue of having too good of young guys, too good of rookies or sophomores, it, it's that's a good issue to have. If that's what you're going to complain about, like, come on. Like, I can understand, like I, I said this on Twitter, I can understand the Pistons played like a lot of the veterans and like played Jeremy Grant 30-something minutes, Mason Plumlee 30-something minutes, Corey Joseph 30-something minutes. Like, I can understand if that's what happened out there. And then they won the game. Then it's like, okay, what the hell is that even proving? We don't care about these guys. What the hell, like, what's this doing? This isn't helping us. But if you're going to play your young guys out there and they're going to outplay the other team and, and not only keep a lead but extend a lead and play really well while they're out there, like, you should be happy about that. Yeah, we'd like some losses. Uh, no no crap. It, obviously, we'd like to see some losses out there. We'd like to see the Pistons get up in the lottery. Obviously, we want to make sure we secure a good pick for a season that we basically tanked. I, there's, you can call it restore, whatever it is, whatever we like to call it. They tanked. Okay, so you'd like to get a good pick. But if you're not, if it so happens that the Pistons fall in the lottery a little bit, be, like before the lottery actually happens, if the Pistons like go into the lottery at like fifth or something or fourth, if that happens to happen simply because like Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey and Sekou and Isaiah Stewart and Frank Jackson out there balling, like you just have to, you, you got to take that one on the chest, man. You're just, you're just going to have to take that one. It is what it is. You'd rather deal with this issue of the young guys being too good than dealing with a bunch of busts who are losing you games and have no future. It is what it is. I get what you guys want, but you guys got to be smarter about this. Come on. Anyways, later on, we're going to get into more mailbag questions. Hopefully, that takes up the next two segments. But if not, I have another idea of something I want to talk about. But before we get into that, let me tell you about who brought me the most joy, happiness, and enjoyment this week and is my Ultra Player of the Week. This week, I am going to go with Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson, I think he might have won this already from me. But, dude, I, like I said, I said this with Seku when he run the first Ultra Player of the Week for me. If you're going to continue playing like this, I'm going to keep giving you Player of the Week. And Frank Jackson continues just to ball out, man. It's crazy. Like, this is one of the guys that people were complaining about when helping the Pistons win too many games. Like, dude, this guy started out as a two-way player. And he's out here averaging, like, 18 points over the last five games. He's out here balling out, bro. He's going crazy. He's playing with the utmost confidence. He's attacking the rim. He tried to absolutely obliterate that rim in the last game on a dunk attempt. He had another alley-oop finish. And he's just he's just lining it up from deep as well. He comes in and he's instant offense. You can tell that he's having fun. And you know Joy creates success as well. Not to mention the fact that he's, <laughs> once again, was a two-play, two-way player. And is out here balling out. Like, it's crazy. And he looks like he's having a ton of fun out there and just enjoying himself. And let's be honest. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the entire game. So at the end of the day, you just want to have fun and enjoy yourself. And that's what Frank's doing out there, and that's what he's helped me do watching the Pistons. I've enjoyed watching the Pistons a lot because of Frank Jackson this past week. And that's why he is my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. So like I said, we're going to do the mailbag Wednesday. I wasn't able to get a ton of questions, but like I said, that's that's on me. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I just forgot. I, I forgot. I forgot like last week. I re- remembered that, oh, crap, I'm recording Tuesday. That's for Wednesday, and it was like 10 o'clock. I'm like, damn, I, I missed the mail back again. So I-, I tweeted out, got as many questions as I could. So it is what it is. And I did have a few questions throughout the week already sent to me in DMs and stuff of people that want some questions answered. So that's always a good thing. We have a few off top. So let's get into it. Let's get into some mail back Wednesday, right, shall we? So 
Actually, we got one finally from the five-star rating review down below. It's from Wood Shack Zach. He says, thoughts on the futures of Killian 19, Isaiah 19, Seku 20, Savitas 20, Sadiq 21, Sabin 21, Diallo 22, Frank 22, Cook 23, DSJ 23, and JJ 24. Six players under 21, 11 under 24. Future has to be bright, right? So, Yes, I think the future is bright with Detroit. Uh, about as bright as it's been in a long time. So some of the players on that list you named, so like Dennis Smith Jr., he won't be on the team next year. Uh, so don't include him in that. Uh, Tyler Cook, he's not part of this team's future. He just isn't. I, I know you guys think I just hate him because he takes minutes from Seiku. Uh, I definitely have some kind of resentment towards him for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and troll you guys. But he's also not that good. He just uh, He's just not... A part of this team future. He's a, he was a cool 10-day guy, but then once he got his contract, it's kind of annoying seeing him out there now. It's, I'm not going to lie. But he's just not that good. Don't count him as part of the future as well. Uh, I also don't know if you can count Savitas as part of the future. I just don't. Like, we haven't really seen anything from him at all. And whether that's of his own fault or like just the, the coaching staff just not playing him. Like I don't know. We, we really don't know anything about Savitas at all. Like The only thing we know about him is that he's supposed to be a shooter. And literally, that's it. We don't even know if he's a good, if he actually is a good shooter. We just know he's supposed to be one. So we don't know anything about him. So I don't know if I'd include him on that as well either. So, but everyone else: Killian, Isaiah, Seku, uh, Sadiq, Saban, Diallo, Frank, Josh Jackson. It's it's a really good, it's a, it's a really bright future. It's it, it's bright. There's a lot of things to look forward to. A lot of hope, and that's something that Detroit fans just haven't had with the Pistons for a long time. Uh, so it's definitely a bright future. Bob's Bright's has been in a long time. And then you just go into the fact that they're adding another top pick. Hopefully a top pick. Like, please, God, please. But hopefully another top pick this summer in the lottery and in the draft. So combine all of that with the fact that and they also have Jeremy Grant there as well to to like try to be that best player and guide them into this next phase and, and, and mentor them. So it's it's just a really good I think the the future in Detroit's really bright and you haven't been able to say that in a while. So so you have every reason to feel hopeful. You have every reason to be happy about the future. Every fan does. It's it's really bright. So who knows? Who knows when the Pistons will start competing again. But as of right now, they have a lot of pieces that are fun to watch and it's really cool. So yeah. We'll go to the next question we got. This is going to be from someone who DM'd me. His name is Chubbs Granberry. He says, male or Kool-Aid could be used for either. I'm going to use it for the male because I didn't have a lot for the male back because of my, my own mistake. So I'm going to put you on this one. He says, he says, Grant said that this isn't a two to three year rebuild like his time in Philly and they'll be in the play in next year. Do I have the same belief and am I drinking the Kool-Aid on it? Uh, you know, I, I can't say whether I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on it because that would be spoiling Friday's event. And it's not Friday, it's Wednesday. So I cannot do that. I'm sorry about that one, but uh, do I think that they're going to do that? Um, I don't think that they're going to be in the plan next year, and here's why. I think the Pistons are still going to be rebuilding, restoring, or like Troy Reaver likes to call it, next season. And I think the hope of many fans, honestly, is, I mean, I think they'll compete for the play-in. I don't think they're going to go outright and tank like they did or like try to purposely lose like they did this year as much. But I think they will compete for the play-in next year. I just don't think they're going to get there. Uh, I, I think the top draft pick that they get, uh, it, it's going to be unreasonable to expect him to be like come in and immediately be a good player. I think the best you can expect of any like young player or any rookie coming into the league is like for him to be good for a rookie. But compared, like we've said this about Killian a lot, you expect him to be compared to like his NBA peers. 
to be like a, a decent role player, like a good role player. If you like, if you took away the fact that he was a rookie and just threw him onto the NBA, he to be a good role player, which is fine. That's good. But I just don't know if if Jeremy Grant and a bunch of role players are forcing the playoffs. Now, obviously, that's that's not including internal development. Like some guys could get really better internal development. We can't predict that. I don't know what's going to happen. Killing could get really better, like a lot better. So can Sadiq. Sekou could have really good offseason for him. Isaiah Stewart. Heck, even Josh Jackson or Hamadou Diallo or Frank Jackson. Like you don't know. So maybe one of those guys or a few of those guys get – a lot better and that causes the team to push forward even more towards the plan but off top as of right now i don't think they're going to be in the plan i think they'll compete for the plan but i don't think they'll make it there which is perfectly fine i think the pistons fans will take another top draft pick to be honest so i hope that answered your question so next we're going to get to the next question is going to be from uh jacob castro he says frank or josh which one gets extended re-signed and which one does troy let walk um, I don't think he lets either of them walk, but I'm assuming the point of your question is that you want me to like pick between the two and like make this a fun question. So out of, out of me assuming that I'm going to, I'm going to play along and try to make this fun. So I think the one that Troy would extend and resign, man, actually that's a really tough one. I didn't think about this. Uh, who would he keep or resign? I think that honestly off the top of my head, I want to say Josh. I want to say Josh would be the one he would keep and extend and and resign. However, Frank's been Frank's been crazy. Frank's been playing out of pocket as of late. Um, I don't know. I think I think Frank's recent streak makes it to where he's going to be a part of the future. Uh, I'd like to see him do it for a little bit longer. Then maybe he gets over Josh. But I still think that Josh is going to be the one Troy picks here. I think Josh's defense has been really good this year. And I'm going to spend time talking about this on a future podcast. I've wanted to talk about it on like the last three podcasts, but we always have something come up and I have to push it back. But I'm going to talk about Josh Jackson's season, how good his season actually has been. One thing I want to point out, and I pointed this out a few times on Twitter and in the locker room, um, each one of – Josh is really getting hurt. Like his season average is really hurt from when he was injured. Each time he gets injured, he comes back. He's not 100%. His numbers immediately look like garbage. It takes him about five to ten games to get back to himself, which – which uh, you could say is making excuses, but it's just is what it is. When he's 100%, he's looked really good. Like for this past month, I, you know what? I'm not going to get too much into it because I want to save that for another podcast. But I think Josh actually, if you get look past when he's been 100% and look past his injuries when he's had to play through injury, he's been really good this year. So I think Josh is a pick here, but that does not mean Frank hasn't been really good either. I think Frank's going to end up being a good part of this team's future as well. And I, I think they're going to keep both of them, obviously. But for the sake of your question, I think Troy Weaver would pick Josh Jackson. And if he had to, he would have to let Frank Jackson walk. But I think he ends up keeping both of them in, in real life. So is what it is. But before we get any further into some more mailback questions, I know we have like a few. I think we got three or four left. Let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, <clears throat> cherry barcia, <clears throat> so, sorry about that, uh, but lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor. I absolutely love peanut butter, so as soon as I found out there is a peanut butter flavor, you know it had to be my favorite. It's packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. 
Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetterLine AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which one do I know is the best for me? Which site do I bet through is going to be the best for Kuka Hill? That's when I found out BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing, along with the MLB coming along right now. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, like I said, we're going to continue with the mailbag now. And I know you guys <coughs> heard me heard me cough in there. Uh, I, I've been getting a lot of stuff for my continued struggle with saying cherry barcia and i know <laughs> i had a i had a listener really upset with me because i believe on the last pocket i said i think it was a play on freddie garcia and then i think it's i i already forgot who it is who i, I forget who the play on word was with but the, i had one of my listeners really upset <laughs> that that i didn't know who this dude was i didn't know what what band he was a part of uh, he's part of uh, some rock band i think I, i'm sure you guys are all going to get at me you guys are listening still. So I know you guys are all going to get at me for still not knowing like what band this guy was a part of. But listen, man, I'm a hip-hop dude. I'm a hip-hop and R&B guy, okay? That's why I listen. I don't listen to any rock bands or rock and roll or, or, or anything like that. Like the best I can do for you is, is tell you a little bit about some maybe that, that Linkin Park. I become so numb. Like something like that. I can tell you a little something about that. And then I can also like a little Green Day back in the day, I guess, when I was younger in middle school and people used to play this song. And then maybe like, uh, I guess maybe a little bit about Nickelback, I guess. Maybe, like maybe one or two songs from them just because like when I was in middle school or whatever. But outside of that, like I don't know anything about them. I'm a hip-hop and R&B guy. Like you find me listening to Drake, uh, Usher, Chris Brown, like that kind of thing. But anyways, I got I got a little on a tangent right there. I'm sure you guys can let me know about that. But anyways, let's get back into the mailbag. Next question is from Nick Soto, uh, Sido. He says, what's an offer you would make to get Mile Bridges to Detroit? Uh, what, do I have to make an offer? Uh, I, I I just don't know if there's an offer that Pistons could really do that would be, like, appealing to them for Miles Bridges. Like, I feel like they'd have to give up, like, two of their young guys for Miles Bridges. And I just don't know if, like, obviously they wouldn't do that. But I'd love to watch Miles Bridges. He's from Michigan, isn't he? Isn't he from Flint, I think? I think Miles Bridges is from Flint, isn't he? Because he talks about, yeah, yeah, they went to Michigan State, didn't he? Yeah, he went to Michigan State. I'm pretty sure he's from, yeah, right here. He's from Flint, Michigan. So, yeah, it would be cool to have him home here. It'd be pretty cool. Oh, my God. Okay, so I don't. I did not know this. So, as I'm answering this question, I was, like, going to his basketball reference, like, to look at him real quick. I did not know he's shooting 40% from deep on four attempts a game. That's, that's really good. I did not know that. He's shooting 85% from the line, 50% from the field. Damn. He, he's... He, yeah, I was going to say, he must be having a true shooting percentage of at least 65. He's at 63. 63% true shooting percentage? So you combine all that with the freakish athleticism that he just be putting highlight reels out there? Hey, he's pretty damn good. The Bridges brothers are pretty damn good. Like, they're both really good players. Uh, anyways, back to your question. Um, 
I don't know what the Pistons could really do to get Miles Bridges. Like that that's just like is something I just don't know if I could even like put together a package. Like maybe uh I don't know, uh I can't even, I, I'm telling you, I can't even think of one. I, I know it's not going to be, like, whatever Charlotte would take, it just wouldn't be fair for the Pistons. I feel like they'd want, like, Sadiq Bey and Saban Lee or something. Or, like, Sadiq Bey and, and maybe someone else as well. I just don't, and obviously the Pistons wouldn't do that. So I don't think there's any, like, real package to get Miles Bridges. I just don't think it would happen. Um, is he good on defense? Is he that good on defense? I haven't watched much of him. You'd assume that he's pretty good on defense. He's pretty long, athletic, strong. You'd think that he's pretty good on defense. I, like, he has a prototype. I don't know if he actually is, though. But either way, I don't know if there's a package I can even come up with to get, get Miles Bridges. So, I, I'm sorry. I know that's kind of like cheating out. Um, but I, I, I'm being serious. I, I, I'm like, I'm trying to think of one, and it's just none of really, like, fair that Detroit would really like. So, I'm sorry. I don't think there's any realistic package for Miles Bridges. Uh, next one. We're going to go with from... N-I-G-O-L-A-C-O. I don't know how to pronounce that at all. I'm not going to try to. I'm sorry. But he says, Hey, Ku, here is Felipe, member of the Pistons Brazil. Which free agent do you think Troy will target next offseason? Okay, so if I called the last one a cop-out, this one's really going to be a cop-out because he's a free agent technically, but he's still on this team right now. But I, I do think this is going to be the main guy that they target as for next year. And I think it's going to be Hamidou Diallo. Um, I think Bleacher Report actually said that as well on one of their lists. That like they had, I saw a screenshot. I think they had Josh Hart or someone else along with Diallo on that list. Um, but I think Diallo is going to be the main free agent for the Pistons that he targets. Uh, you guys can call that a cop out if you want since he's already on the team. I don't care. He's still a free agent. So he could leave this offseason. So I think the main priority will be to lock up Diallo long-term. Diallo has shown really good flashes. I know he was really struggling before this past game, like the last five games before this one. He was really struggling. But he was really good in OKC. He was really good to start off his time here in Detroit. Uh, And his finishing around the rim, he's so freakishly athletic and so strong going to the rim. I don't understand how he doesn't draw more fouls. But... I'm just really, I'm really intrigued by his prospects. Like, if he can get a reliable jumper, I, I think that dude could be a legit, like, offensive just monster. Because he, he, there's nobody who can stay in front of him at the rim, or what, at, like, on the perimeter. When he wants to get to the basket, he's getting to the basket. Now, it's whether he makes the, makes the right read and makes a pass or goes up on two people. Now, that's the, that's the next development he has to do. Or, and shooting, obviously. But as far as it's, it's getting to the rim, like it doesn't matter if you sag off him five feet. He's getting to the rim. He's just going to blow by you or he'll just jump like by you. He's freakishly athletic. And I think the Pistons are going to do everything they can to keep him. Uh, I think one of you guys asked a question whether like, uh, I think the question was how much do we think that he's going to get paid in the offseason? I think the Pistons will find somewhere in between like five to seven million dollars, hopefully. Hopefully like maybe five to eight is how much you get. You have to pay him per year. So... I think that's who their main free agent is going to be. I know that's probably maybe a cop-up for some of you guys, but I think that's who they're really going to target. I don't know if they're going to make any other splashes in free agency uh, outside of that, for real. Um, so that was actually going to be the last question that we had, but we just got two more questions as I'm recording, like literally back-to-back as I'm recording this. So we'll answer those two. We're at, where are we at, 27 and a half minutes? That's fine. We can get to another, a couple, couple more. So next one is going to be from Betty Dusting. He says... With hopefully a high upcoming draft pick, does this team push for one of the lower playoff spots next season? Okay, so you kind of asked the same question that was asked earlier in the in the episode. 
I do not think that they're going to get a playoff spot, but I do think they'll, they'll push for a play-in, yes. I think they'll be competitive next year, maybe a little bit more competitive than they were this year. I think they'll compete for a play-in, but I think ultimately they won't get one. And as I said earlier, I think that's going to come down to, again, internal development. Like a lot of these guys, these second-year players, if all of them take steps forwards and they get a lot better, then maybe they get the play-in. But I can't predict how like how good they're going to be next year. I just don't know. So we'll see what happens there. But I, right now, I think they're going to compete for the play-in, but ultimately not get there. So I hope that answers your question. So next one. Uh, this one's from JD Sports. I think this one's going to be the last one we have. So let's go ahead and get this one out the way. He says, if the Pistons wind up picking outside the top five, which player do you think has the best chance to be better than the Jalen's, Mobley, Cade, and Kuminga? Um, actually, you know what, JD? I'm not a big draft prospects guy. I don't know much about the draft prospects. But for the sake of this, what's going to happen is I'm going to have I'm, – I'm spoiling the podcast future a little bit here. But I, I want to make sure I answer and give JD's question a fair response here. So in the future, this week, hopefully, I'm looking to get Laz Jackson, Lazarus Jackson uh, over at Detroit Bad Boys, the editor over there. I'm hoping to have him and host of the Pistons for Everybody podcast. Uh, I'm hoping to have him on here this week. He was supposed to come on today, but I got the vaccine, which, by the way, my arm is so freaking sore. Like, ah, this hurts. But I got the vaccine. I didn't know if I was going to be really tired or not, so he didn't come on today. But anyways, the point of me saying this is that he's really big into the draft stuff. He knows a lot about these draft guys. So I, how about this? When I have him on, I'll book my – actually, you know what? I'm bookmarking your tweet right now, and when he when he gets on here, I'm going to ask him that question, and he I will let him answer, and we'll go back and forth on it. Because as of right now, I don't know anything about these draft prospects outside the top five. Like I don't know anything about them at all. So I ask him that question now. We'll see what he thinks, and we'll have a whole little segment about it. I hope that's hope that's cool with you. Let me know on Twitter if if that's good enough for you. I'm sorry I wasn't able to answer your question myself. I'm just it, I would be like blatantly lying to you right now if I tell you to come up with an answer. Cause I just don't know one. Um, but anyways, I think that's all the questions that we got for today's mailbag. I've told you guys this multiple times that I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it a little earlier so we can get everybody in there. I mean, last week, even though I got a little late, we still got a lot of people to submit. Like we got a lot of submissions last, last week, but this week I, I really dropped the ball. Like 10 o'clock was way too late. I think last week I did it like seven o'clock and you guys came through, but 10 o'clock, I, I, I don't expect you guys all to be like looking for that at like 10 o'clock I'm sorry and like that's on me and hopefully next week I'm going to set a reminder into my phone and hopefully I don't make that mistake again because I know you guys like these cool the Kool-Aid segment on Fridays and the mailbag I know you guys like those so I really messed up this week I apologize for it but thank you guys for the ones who did were able to submit questions I appreciate it but that's it for the episode of Wednesday April 28th I will see you guys on April 29th in the morning on Thursday have a great day, guys. Whenever you guys listen to it, at day, at the night, just hope you guys are doing really well. And I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody.